Goes On Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. You're now going to hear a coming out story from someone you've probably seen on the telly box. He's been on dozens of shows and he also presents The Great British Sewing Bee and Joe Lysett's Got Your Back. Shall we let him introduce himself? Hello, I am Joe Lysett, a man and a comedian mm-hmm. and a TV presenter, person from Birmingham. All of the above. An artist as well. Oh, yeah, OK. Piss artist at the moment. Piss artist. I've had a few wines. <laughs> now, I have to say, this is the first Coming Out Stories interview that I've done while wearing a bikini. It's quite glamorous already, isn't really? it? Really? Yeah. You should do it more often. I should, really. So I will just point out that me and Joe are currently on holiday in Portugal, sat on a veranda, so you may hear some bird noise in the background mm. and maybe the odd passing car. Yes, and also I should inform the audience that... Uh, I'm talking through the prism of half a bottle of dry white wine. Yes, which you've been consuming poolside. Yes. It's been very clamorous. OK, right, it is called Coming Out Stories for a reason. It does mm. what it says on the tin. When was the moment for yourself, do you think, that you sort of acknowledged that you weren't definitely heterosexual? I had a moment, and I can't give you a date or a sort of mm. age, really, but I remember being in the bath and thinking about it and, and being worried and thinking, oh, shit, like, I've got these thoughts and these desires which definitely don't tally up with the majority of the people that I go to school with and the people that I'm around. And I'm guessing that would, would have been around 12 years old, something like that. Just, yeah, really sort of um, worried about it. It wasn't something I was happy about. But then also at that age I wasn't happy about puberty and, you know, uh, growing into an adult man. There was a lot about that I didn't enjoy. I was quite happy being a little boy. I didn't want to to grow up, really, so... Um, Was there any sort of homophobia in your school or were people saying things that would make you think, oh, this is not a great option? Yeah, definitely. I I actually can't pinpoint any specific thing, but at that age... So I'm 30 now, so that would have been, yeah, 18 to 20 years ago. There were no role models, particularly for me, in England, really, that... um, that did much for kind of gay stuff, particularly in that age range. The show that really helped me was Will and Grace. I loved that show and I really looked up to... It was, just, it was like a lifestyle and a, particularly the comedy side of it because it's such a funny show, but just um, the fact that the, these people were living openly gay and it seemed to be quite exciting, funny lives. And you didn't know anyone in Birmingham doing a similar thing? No, absolutely mm. didn't. And I, d- I think Birmingham, particularly at that time, I hated Birmingham. When I finished school, I couldn't wait to get out. I was so thrilled to go to Manchester. I felt like Manchester was cool and had, mm. like, a thriving gay scene and Birmingham's gay scene was... Ugh. Uh, there wasn't a lot going on there. It's totally different now. But, yeah, there was there was uh, no sense of um, contemporaries, I suppose, or people that were also my sort of age who were talking about being... Even, I mean, because I'm not gay, I'm, no. I, I describe myself as pansexual, but even just talking about being gay just wasn't a thing. I can't actually think of anyone in my year who came out. There must have been some, but... It kind of happens in retrospect, doesn't it? You, suddenly, yeah. you think you're the only one, and then years later you're like, oh, my God, they're gay. Oh, and yeah. they're gay. Yeah. Oh, and they're a lesbian. Oh, and they're bi. Yeah, but they didn't do it then because mm. it probably made sense to not do it then because it would have been just a headache. My experience at school was not uh, aggressive or um, there wasn't any kind of violent homophobia there particularly. There was just like a sense of, like, well, 
no one is, so no one comes out, I suppose. Mm. But that's almost worse, the fact that it was sort of this, like... No one talked about it. No one talked about it. You didn't even actually have anything to fight against because it was just this sort of kind of unspoken thing that, like, you just don't come out, you're not Mm. gay. And the fact that you weren't gay, that you now describe yourself as pansexual, was that confusing? Was that quite a process for you to go through? Did you think you might be gay at one point? Yeah, so I came out as gay originally. So uh, I think... And I didn't come out to mum and dad or whatever, but I came out to a few close friends and basically said, I think I'm gay. I remember one of my friends, it stuck with me, one of my friends said to me, um, sometimes people uh, look at people of their gender and see, you know, someone attractive of their gender and they aspire to be like that. So they see someone like with a six pack or whatever and they think, I aspire to be like that and they confuse that with being attracted to it. I thought there was some interesting psychology going on there Mm. that... Because I don't entirely disagree with it. I do disagree with it, but part of it is, like, I would like to have that body and I would like to be ripped in some ways. But But, I never will be that, so... Yes, but it's also like, but you want to have sex with that person. Yeah, and also I want to, yeah, shag them. (laughs) That's the gay bit. That's the gay bit. But, yeah, so I came out... Because basically my logic was... In my world, there was gay or straight, so the, the, nothing, it hadn't been explained to me. And there was no role model that was, like, both. I'd never heard of bisexuality, and so I thought, well, if you're having gay thoughts, then you must be gay. Yeah, but that's always been like that, hasn't it? I mm. think the B in the LGBT community has always been really hidden, even though that you know, numerically they make the, most, they make the least noise, but then there are the more of them. What bisexuals? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Is that yeah, I didn't I know that. Is, is that is that yeah. the case statistically? I sort of thought there might be more straight people, and then there's the rest of us mm. queers. I just mm. sort of think of us in a kind of open bracket of just queer people. Yeah. Um, the sense of um, being gay at that time was very binary. It was mm. very like you were one or the other. You're male, straight, male or female, uh, gay or straight. You know, there was no there was no blurred lines there. And it's taken me a long time to sort of work out. Because the pansexual thing for me is, ideally, I w- we wouldn't deal with any labels, and as far as I'm concerned, we wouldn't mm. worry about any of the letters, really. But we have to, because it's a way of protecting one another and making sure that groups that are being uh, chastised have a, a, a safe space and places that you know they can reside that where they're not going to be attacked or um, humiliated but I um, I go with pansexual because I sort of feel like it's the thing that's closest to what I think I am which is kind of whatever you know it's sort of it doesn't really the gender of somebody isn't really the deciding factor it's it's it plays a role but it's so many other things mm. and so many more people are identifying as now. I think even mm. five years ago a lot of people would be like pan what yeah. yeah, and so I sort of I've come out three times because I came out mm. as bisexual, and now I'm sort of pansexual. But I'm really straight these days. I'm, I, I don't really sleep with men that much, and I wonder whether that's out of sort of fear because I've not done it, and it's mm. such a. And I also don't feel like my taste in men is very basic. I really like a twink, and I'm okay. not really fussed about anything else. Okay. So. And twinks generally don't like my body type because twinks, in my experience, like other twinks. But also, I'm not pushing it that much either. So, whereas I sort of find it sort of women are a bit more about the kind of um, a bit more of a rounded package, I suppose. But you're single at the moment, but not particularly looking to mingle. No, not really. 
As I said to you earlier, I'm looking to have a bit more, um, a few more cuddles than I'm getting. <laughs> Read uh, instead of cuddles, full penetrative sex. Um, but uh, it's exactly what you said to me earlier. I would like more sex. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not asking me for sex, obviously. That's oh, not that was the subtext, mind. but then. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you spurned me, so yes, there we go. Have some of that wine, Joe. Have a, a have a little sip, sip there. Mm. You look like you gasping for it. I mean, it's been five minutes without a sip, <laughs> so that's the issue. Good God. So, did you have conversations with your family about your sexuality? Yeah, mum was first, and she cried. <laughs> I said, oh. I think I might be bisexual, and she cried, and I cried, and she doesn't care, but she was worried that... I think she cried just at the kind of the honesty and the, the connection of that moment. She cries at anything, really, old Helen Lysett. I think she was worried that it would put me in danger and that it would restrict my opportunities. And I think she was probably right at one point in her life it would have done. I mean, in her adult life, it was illegal to be gay. Mm. So, so but what did she actually say? I can't remember, really. <laughs> I can't remember. She was just a bit like, oh. But in my experience, actually, it's been one of the things that's gifted me so many opportunities because it's made me that bit different and it's made me made me interesting to people and mm. in a way that if I was straight and white and male, I think a lot of doors would have been closed yeah. in terms of entertainment and showing off and all that. It certainly hasn't affected your career, has it, in a bad way? No, it hasn't. Mm. It's been glorious. And people really respect the fact that I talk about it and mm. that I'm honest about it and... One of the amazing things that's come out of this last tour that I did, I have a big section in the show where I talk about LGBTQ plus rights and about the definitions of these terms and hmm. whatever. It's the messages you get from people saying, thank you for explaining this to my mum, dad, whoever I was with, who hadn't really understood it and it made it accessible and it made it not heavy. And Because hmm. I've got a big issue with the LGBTQ community sort of... Um, getting impatient with people not understanding every little facet of the way that um, the community works and the, the, the term analogy and I think it's on us to be more compassionate to people that don't understand and say oh well this is what this is rather than being like you idiot you homophobe you you know I think we can sometimes be quite quick to lash out at people that don't understand things and call them idiots and I do it as well in my stand-up. So, you know, I've done... I, I'm, I'm guilty of the same, but I try to be a bit more um, patient with people that don't understand because I think that's the only way that you persuade people round. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like being in a club, isn't it, with its own sort of rules and things that you have to navigate and yeah. you don't necessarily understand it. If you yeah, it. and sometimes people ask questions that are, to people who are in the community seem stupid or seem unkind almost, but actually they're just honest questions which, if you give an honest answer to, mm. is a bit better. Mm. Did you have to come out to anyone else in your family? I don't know if I did, actually. I sort of did it mm. through stand-up, weirdly. Oh, OK. I remember my nan... I was sat with my nan and my cousin said to me, you gay? And I went, no. And then I sort of got really, like, hot and flustered and I think my nan basically deduced from that that I wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't comfortable with the answer oh, that I'd given okay. or whatever. So I think my nan worked it out through that, but she died. I didn't never came out to her, but she died oh. soon after. My granddad came to watch me do stand-up, so he 
got it and then all of my extended family got it through stand-up I think basically that's what stand-up is a really useful way for me to actually be honest with the people in my life about what I actually think because I'm often in person I think sort of I just keep my mouth shut or I'm terrified of actually giving a my real opinion on things and so stand-up is my sort of way of going like actually I think you're a prick (laughs) (laughs) I suppose in that career you you have to be honest don't you you can't be or was there ever a moment when you thought, oh, actually, this is a bit too personal, I don't want to put that on stage? No, I, what I realised quite early on in stand-up is the funniest thing is often the first thing that comes to mind, which mm. is often the most honest thing. Mm. And particularly when you're doing a bit of audience chat, if you think, often you'll have a chat with somebody, and if it's some prick in a suit who's trying to be cocky or whatever, the first thing that will come to your head is, you seem like a bit of a bell end, and if you actually just say that in front of a room of people, they love it because it's the most honest mm. thing, and thus it's funny because it's sort of a stream of consciousness thing. I think honesty on stage is something I have no issue with. It's off stage when I struggle with it off, often, and it's not—it's not that I lie to people. It's just that I don't give them the full truth, or I don't—I just—I'm diplomatic, I suppose. Mm. But. And have you ever faced any sort of homophobia or biophobia since you've been in the public eye? Yeah, defo. When I started out, I did most of my gigs in Manchester or around and in shitty pubs and with old old men pubs. And Mm. that's the perfect place to learn how to be a stand-up in the UK because Mm. you really learn how to uh, deal with tricksy audience members and all that. And I definitely had a couple of gigs where my, my sort of MO when I dealt with anyone who was homophobic was I'd sit on their lap and I would I would then ask them like with my arm draped around them exactly what their issue was. Brilliant. Which has since been flagged up as uh, potentially problematic because I didn't get consent from oh, them. God. That I didn't that I was sat on their lap. Which I think is interesting because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that I didn't get consent from the homophobe. Um, I quite liked sort of prodding that a little bit. I got a little bit of it there. But actually, the biphobia I got was almost entirely from gay men, uh, weirdly. Uh, straight people don't seem to care. They just sort of put bi's in the same bracket as everyone else. So, Isn't that funny? I think it happens so it. much in our community. I've been told thousands of times by lesbians, stop dating bisexual women. They're no good for you, Emma. They're, you know, they'll all... Leave, and ironically, most of them have left me for men, but not all. There's a lot of biophobia, isn't there? Well, I get it, because the gay community fought really hard long before I was a twinkle in my mother's eye to not be killed. Mm. And I've lived in a really brilliant time for LGBT people in that, like, it's all discussed, it's open. Mm. There's spaces all over the place. There's gay villages in pretty much every major city. There's space for us. And when my parents were growing up, there wasn't, and people were being killed and attacked and worse. And they fought for that. And then someone like me comes along going like, yeah, I'm sort of a bit gay, but not, you know, it, it's, uh, there must be that sort of mentality of like, we fought really hard for this and decide if you're in or you're not, because we're, we're vulnerable. You know, the people like that pretending to be a bit gay or whatever must have been a danger to them. There had to be a space. Well, about pretending, though, is it? Is it just a different sexuality? I think yes, people just yeah, don't get that, do they? Yeah, of course. What I'm saying is I sort of have sympathy towards the biphobia mm. in some ways, but it is again about not being like you fucking old puffs that don't understand this new young people's sexuality it's about going 
oh, I get why you have that, but also I'm no threat to you. I'm, mm. and I don't want to kill your culture. Mm. We can coexist. It's not about gay or gay being one thing and bi being another. It's just we're all people, essentially. Mm. So do you get involved in LGBT politics? Do you go on the marches and things like that? Yeah, I do a little bit. I don't get massively involved in a lot of um, political stuff. Like I don't, I'm not a political comedian, yeah. but I really get wound up about LGBT stuff. And I'm, re I'm interested as to why. So there's a tweet that I did. There's this big thing going on in Birmingham. It's sort of calmed down now a little bit, but in Birmingham there's a big thing about a school which is largely Muslim which the parents were rallying outside against the fact that they were uh, teaching the kids in the school about LGBT families. And actually, when you look at the curriculum that they were dealing with, it's very tame. It's ex just explaining, essentially. Yes, it, was, that, it was about celebrating diversity, wasn't it, and yeah, equality? It, it wasn't yeah. sexual. It wasn't like, oh, like, sometimes men suck each other off and shove their fingers up each other's asses or any of that. It was, like, literally, like, sometimes two men are in a relationship and they will have... They'll be married and they'll have children and sometimes two women are and, and it's all fine and that's what life's like and people are different. And it was all very tame, but uh, some of the parents were cross about it and they rallied and it became this big thing in the news. And I did this tweet because I was cross about it, that I didn't, I didn't pinpoint any individuals. I just said, I think it was something like, FYI, uh, LGBTQ plus people exist. They exist in all cultures, all around the world. You might not like us, but you won't ever stop us because we are your family and your friends and we exist mm. all around you. And we're and I know I put something frivolous at the end, which is something like, and we're all really fucking cool. Something, something silly <laughs> like that. I, I think I remember saying it, yeah. yeah. And it got retweeted tens of thousands of times and it really kind of struck a nerve with people. And the problem with that is then I got lots of people being like, who are you specifically referring to? Is it the Muslim people of Birmingham or whatever? And no, it's not, because oh. I'm referring specifically to people who don't like LGBTQ plus people. And of course, there's some people who interpret the Muslim faith of being against that, but you know, some Catholics are just as bad. Jewish people struggle with it. Like religion is historically not mm. great with our community. So it's not about Muslims, it's about phobia towards our people. Well, it was a bit of a minefield, though, I guess. But it was a minefield, but I didn't care being in that minefield because I, I care about it and I knew it was right, what I was saying. <laughs> and I talk about it in the stand-up as well. But the, the marches and getting involved in other stuff, I know I, I sort of shy away from all of that and I don't really know why because I do care about it, but I sort of feel like I, I say my piece in my work. I do it in that way rather mm. than you know, turning up to rallies and events and whatever. Because I also feel like rallies and events can sometimes become... The message can get a bit lost and get a bit dictated to by the people running the rallies. And mm. You're out and proud and you're living your life. Yeah. Out and proud pansexual man. I am, absolutely. It's all very well documented. <laughs> you just wish there was more of it to document. Yeah, gosh, I wish there was more to document, yeah. <laughs> OK, so lastly, if there's anyone listening that might be sort of struggling with their sexuality and not understanding whether they're gay, straight, bi or pan and not knowing what to do or what to say, what would you suggest? Uh, don't worry about it too much because it's ultimately irrelevant mm. and uh, that's an easy thing for me to say in living in England as a, a minor celebrity but uh, your sexuality is your own mm. and you don't have to come out uh, there's no pressure on you to and actually in lots of places the wise thing to do is not come out you know if you're living in Saudi Arabia I would advise keep, mm. it, keep it to yourself mm. it probably won't go well if you do come out 
also remember and know that there are so many people like you living glorious, happy lives with partners or not having partners. There, there's, there is a space for you to be happy and there is a way of that happening. So it feels heavy at times when you first come into terms of your sexuality and it feels like there's no way out and that you're dirty or there's something wrong with you and all of those things that come with the way that society treats people in our community. But there's loads of people that are on the other side of it who are really happy and you will inevitably be one of them. Right now is uncomfortable, but it's not forever. One day you will be a happy, proud, pansexual, beautiful yeah. creature like Joe Lysett. Or you might be a bitter old queen, <laughs> and either of those are fine. Amen to that. Should we get off some more wine? Yes, please. <laughs> There you go. What a treat to chat to Joe Lysett in our swimming wear, no less. And if you want to find out what he's up to next, please do follow him on Twitter. In fact, if you're not following Joe Lysett on Twitter, you're not doing it properly. He is very funny. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production.